Welcome to the Educate US podcast with your host, Nick Saveri, Dr. Stacy Schultz, and Dr. Patrice Fenton. Three former teachers and administrators talking about a wide range of topics happening in education. Time to educate us. Thank you, of course, for listening to the Educate US podcast. Um, as always, I don't know why I just stumbled out the gate there, but uh, <laughs> folks, folks, you all know the drill, of course, email address. Can we? Please, wow. See, I'm told. See, you know what this is? Let's just restart. Let's just restart. I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to let a producer clip this out. That's fine. But um, this is how you can tell this is my first recording I've done since getting back from vacation. Um, Folks, of course, the email address for this show, theeducateusshow at gmail.com. No special characters other than the at symbol. That first voice you heard, though, is the guest for today. In addition to Patrice and Stacey joining me, as always, is Kelly Cassaro. Uh, in addition to being a friend of mine, Kelly is the chief of learning at Generation. And what happens at Generation, Kelly will talk further about. But in addition to that, Kelly has spent 20 years as both an educational leader, most importantly, as an educator as well, serving as a chief academic officer and also director of instructional leadership in a charter and a charter based organization, uh, which is actually how Kelly and I met back in about 2013, 2014. Um, Kelly and I reconnected for this show just to have her on today, but most importantly, or perhaps not necessarily most importantly, but most recently, an author, which brings us to this conversation today. Kelly, thank you so much for joining the Educate US podcast. And as we bring you on, tell us a little bit about the work you're currently doing, um, but also just take us through a little bit of your journey as an educator. What brings you here today? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice uh, to be connected again. So I'll start with Generation. So I work at Generation. It's a global nonprofit that supports adults to achieve economic mobility through employment. So what does that mean? We train, place, and support adults of all ages into careers that would be otherwise inaccessible. So we support about 20,000 annually across the globe. We just reached 100,000 learners, which has been so exciting. When we saw our data dashboard, we all celebrated. Um, It's been about nine years and we launched, yes, in 2015. And I work for uh, a global hub, but we have a network of in-country affiliates We operate across 16 countries, and we offer more than 35 profession-specific programs across five sectors. So technology, green jobs, healthcare, customer service and sales, and skilled trades. So I could say more about Generation, but I'm the chief of learning there, and I lead a very talented team of educators that specifically develops the online first curriculum um, and the instructor support strategy for this work across the globe. Just a little bit about myself prior. So um, I was just recently talking to my mom and she said at age five, I declared that I was going to be a teacher and I never wavered. So I started um, as a teacher in the South Bronx through Teach for America, even though I already had my um, teaching certification from undergrad, I joined TFA as well. And I taught for seven years and then I did various educational leadership roles after that. And I really wanted to start to transfer my impact globally. So seven years ago, I moved to Generation. And what was really cool is that I've had experience now across pre-K through adulthood. 
And so that has just been an incredible part of my own educational journey. Thank you so much, Kelly. I uh, completely relate with the idea and notion of wanting to expand your impact. And it sounds like you've been able to do just that um, with your work at Generation. So shout out to that. Um, we have heard that you are working on a book, which I am extraordinarily intrigued by because so are we. Stacey and I are co-authoring, as our listeners know, a book in progress. And it has been quite the beautiful journey, I must say, that we've <laughs> been on. So please share more with us about your journey into authorship and um, tell us a little bit about your work. Thanks so much. So taking my generation hat off and putting my um my author hat on. So um, I was actually approached by Wiley to write the book to add to um, their workforce development offerings. So they had seen a few, um, you know, engagements that I've done, some speeches, some workshops that were online and looked a bit of my background experience and really wanted to expand to the workforce offerings. And to be totally honest, I didn't know if I wanted to write a book. Um, and, you know, of course, it's a lot on top of a full-time job and um, just a big undertaking. And I also was uncomfortable with like the self-promotion component, right? And instead really thought about it once I shifted my mindset to like the idea promotion. Like I do have a lot to share and to offer based on my experiences from pre-K through adulthood. And so many times during my work at Generation over these past seven years, helping individuals into jobs, I have said, I wish I knew this when I was in the classroom. And so I thought this opportunity is in front of me and so I need to do it. And I'm sure what Patrice and Stacy can attest to is that there's just a ton of personal and professional growth that comes from it. And a lot of skills that you need to demonstrate while you are writing a book. So love all of that. And actually I should shout out Stacy too, because over a year ago, I talked to her about this idea um, because of the work that you all are doing. And I got really incredible insights. So I just, it's been so cool to tap my networks, to do a ton of research and to put this into practice so that educators can get a lot out of it. Amazing, Kelly. And yes, it was so fantastic <laughs> to kind of meet with you and feel the energy and the passion that you brought from, like you said, from that pre-K through adulthood of like, what does it mean? And how does um, workforce and education tie together? And how can we make that this more seamless, you know, experience really, right? And and offer various pathways. So as as you kind of are coming out of writing this book and you're thinking about the future of work, you know, what are some things that are top of mind for you that either you address in the book or you're still considering and talking about? Great question. So first I'll say that I chose um, to make sure the primary, primary audience was educators. I wanted to talk directly to educators and I wanted to make sure that educators were relating to my stories and feeling like there were actionable strategies that they can employ now. I think being a teacher is harder than ever, especially at this moment. And uh, there's a lot of 
scary stuff out there with AI and the future of work. I mean, it could be perceived in these ways, right? As we're reading the news and, you know, you have to prepare your learners for this future of work and you have to have this crystal ball. And so I really wanted to have these like time saving strategies, try to put frameworks that were really just like simple and straightforward for us to think about the future of work. So I can provide an example um, and a few other strategies. I'm happy to provide examples, but I'd love for you to pre-order the book so that you can get lots of additional strategies within there. But for example, one way that um, we're thinking about the future of work is like who does the work and where the work is done. For example, they're in the we're going to think about work as like crowdsourcing, gig workers, full-time employees, part-time employees, right? How the work is done. There's going to be artificial intelligence, right? Automation and also fluid work schedules, remote work, co-located workspaces, right? All of these things. And so what are the skills that individuals will need to demonstrate to thrive in the future of work? And we know that you know, upskilling will be really important as roles may be changing. And so what is, what's the mindset that we have to bring into the classroom so that our students are prepared to navigate um, the future of work and to navigate the ever-changing you know, career landscape. So upskilling is going to be ever more important in the future of work, where there will be additional skills that we'll need to learn throughout our career to always be relevant, to be best poised for promotion, to be ready for how roles might change and shift. So I like to think about what are these employability skills that teachers can name now to use within the classroom that will be supportive in a career. So a lot of times I think soft skills, quote unquote, have, been got, have had a bad rap. So call them what you might, 21st century skills, durable skills, essential skills, but these employability skills are so essential. I have been so fortunate through my work at Generation to travel the globe and to shadow individuals that are actually doing work across those sectors that I mentioned in the beginning. And I have never had a supervisor or an HR head tell me that someone was terminated because of a technical, a lack of technical skills, right? It's always something around communication, stress management, professionalism, right? Those empathy, all those skills that are so essential for us to thrive in a career. So we introduce a lot of different frameworks in the book for educators to really say, okay, how can I better connect education to employment within my classroom? How can I name that these things are happening every day in my classroom? How can I bring the outside experiences in and how can we go out into the community to add value to businesses and do these like real world type skills and activities? So I have lots of different spotlight stories for institutions that are already doing this well, but I really just want to create that framework to think about the future of work and then really think about how can we name these skills that we know are so essential for the future of work. First off, Kelly, I appreciate that just mentioning a yes pre-order i know you talked at the beginning about not necessarily being the biggest fan of you know self-promotion and i think oftentimes self-promotion again i'm guilty of this too my co-host and my other news program is far better at this as my as patrice and stacy will attest to um so i struggle with this as well which feels like another conversation that we could all be having on this show but thank you for doing so but on top of that though i want to 
dive a little further into when you think about like overseeing instruction and putting on the hat or the, the, the shoes you wear now in the work that you do, what feels like the opportunity that teachers can start to, well, not even so as a teacher, but even for yourself, like where do you, where do you see where in the space of education that opportunity needs to be? You've talked about skills that sometimes we downplay in terms of being needed, even in the instructional setting. But even when we think about curriculum, because oftentimes teachers talk about the the need to to get through a curriculum or schools will talk about the standards that they need to make sure they're hitting for a variety of um, database purposes and such. But from your standpoint, what are the what are sort of the leverage points or opportunities that schools can use to rethink about this connection from the academic setting to the real world setting? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think about this a lot. And if I just were to say, like, what would I have done differently? Or what do I think about a lot? Like, I think I would have had a longer view, like so much of the work that we did was prepping for like the very next step in the learning journey, or also like preparing for like, I wouldn't even say college, I would say like, college admissions, right? Like a very narrow sort of focus. um, And not just the overall picture of an individual's journey. And still, if you think about the structure of most, you know, institutions, there are many times that there's either, you know, it's like college prep, or there is a real focus on jobs and technical skills. But really, like, never the twain shall meet. Um, And so I think it's important to think about just the more holistic view Um, And I know that a lot of teachers that I interviewed for this book would say things like, well, look at the standardized tests. They're very literature focused, right? Like there's, there aren't a lot of real world scenarios for us to even think about. Um, So really that like trying to, I put spotlight stories in there through institutions that are actually doing this well, middle schools, high schools, universities that are not taking like career prep as an afterthought or something that the student has to be proactively seeking for themselves, but actually like part and parcel of the everyday work. Um, And I think that's really, really essential. Like someone told me a story that was pretty heartbreaking throughout this uh, interview process. And she said that one of her students works um, in a fast food restaurant, high school student, and has been doing it for years and years and is actually the one that trains all the newcomers and has actually like made a lot of their own processes better for the like onboarding and training approach. And then when they were applying for an apprenticeship and they were asked what leadership skills they had, they weren't able to answer. They didn't think they had any, right? So it's like, how do we bring these experiences and name them so that Um, our individuals can thrive and not feel like this is something that's untouchable, but there are things that you're doing every single day that are also important. So really trying to like bring that language in. And then I also think that the other thing I'll say is that I think it's even for my own teaching, like willing to be less of an expert in the room and more of a facilitator, right? Like that, that evolved over time as a teacher for sure. But especially with this work, we're pushing some, towards something new and different for students. And we don't have to, you know, have all the answers or be that, you know, sage on the stage. So that's something else that's quite important as we, as we think about this. 
We were very, very student-centered, which was so important and essential. And when I came to Generation, a lot of the focus on the employer needs felt very strange to me. And I, and it took a while for me, honestly, to realize like focusing on what employers are expecting from employees, what skills do they need to demonstrate day one on the job in order to be best poised for promotion, like really understanding employer and company needs is serving the learner and the individual, right? Because if they're ready and they're prepared, then they're going to be able to, you know, lead a life where they can meet their goals, right? And have a career that's thriving. And so I think that that piece was important too. Like really just bringing the employers into the picture was something that I honestly never did think about. And a lot of organizations now are bringing business leaders in and they're having them say, hey, I'm going to trust you high school students to really tackle this sticky business problem that I have and come up with, demonstrate all these skills to actually come up with a strong solution. I mean, think about how incredible a learning experience like that would be. And it actually is serving the community. So I put lots of things like that in the book as well. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. You mentioned this opportunity to have that longer view and talking about sometimes it was like preparing for the very next step. And we've talked about this with other guests that sometimes it's like, what is the education system really measuring? What are the outcomes that are being tracked? How are we being held accountable? Sometimes does kind of push educators to that next step thinking. If you, from your vantage point now, what do you think the education system should be measuring? What kind of outcomes should they be aiming for? So I love that you asked this um, because I want to also point to our CEO, Dr. Mona Morshad at Generation. She wrote um, an article that's called Beyond X Number Served. And it's about how should we be thinking about measuring impact? And Nick, maybe I can link this um, for you as well, because I think it's so cool. But we think about breadth, depth, and durability. So it's not just about the number of students that we are serving, but it's also about the depth and the durability of their outcomes. So for, of course, we'll have to think about this differently across different contexts, but I think when I describe it in this education to employment lens, I think you'll be able to like quickly transfer to other contexts. But for example, for depth, we think about placement rates and first job retention rates and what is your like income impact, like 1x, 2x, 3x prior to entering generation. And then for durability, we think about um, 
the continuation of those depth metrics. And then we think about things that are really, I think, essential and important and answers your question, which is the career growth, like promotion. Has there been an increase in title, pay, responsibilities, financial health growth? So what's the income growth and has your financial situation approved? And then impact on dependents. How have you been able to like support your dependents and then long-term mental health. So this is like confidence in achieving professional goals, optimism about the future, satisfaction with life, clarity and sense of purpose, physical health, sense of belongingness in a workplace community. Those things that are, I think, really, really essential. So of course, it's easier you know, said than done in some ways, but I think we do a really good job at doing that at Generation. And it would be interesting to think about how what would be relevant for certain institutions and how could we be kind of thinking through that lens of the breadth, depth, and durability? And what are those durability outcomes that we want to see for individuals? And for me, quite simply, it's, you know, are you meeting your own goals and you're able to thrive in your life and provide, you know, for yourself? Sometimes these interviews land the plane themselves. <laughs> this seems to be one of those opportunities. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, as we start to wrap here, though, um, I, we talked promotion has been a bit of a theme for this conversation. I put the spotlight back on you. Um, title of the book. Um, you mentioned the link, by the way, about the article. Definitely send that my way because we'll include that in the show notes, of course. Um, awesome. But where can people learn more about the work you're doing, uh, be able to connect with you? You talked about expanding your network as well. Time, yeah, to share, so time, time to invite Thank us into you. this is the time yeah. that I don't want to do no so um LinkedIn Kelly Casaro please follow me reach out send me a DM and then kellycasaro.com has um links to pre-order books and I'll send you some of those links as well and then an audiobook will also be out in February 2024 for shift teaching forward I don't think I said the title which would be a really important component to add. Um, and I think it's awesome that it was picked up for an audiobook because I would love to accompany educators on their way to work. So I think that's an awesome, awesome idea. So visit me, send me a note. Let's continue the conversation. You tease out the fact that Kelly, you will be doing the recording for the audiobook. I don't know, actually. This is uh, just sharing it with you all. I auditioned. Okay. <laughs> so okay. If, <laughs> we will see if my voice um, passes, passes the bar. Hopefully. Fair <laughs> enough. Kelly, thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Educate Us podcast. Subscribe to the show available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please leave us a review or comment wherever you can. We want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or just want to be part of the conversation, email us at the educate us show at gmail.com this has been a production of leon media network i'm nick saveri i'm patrice Swenson, and i'm stacy schultz we'll see you next time